Thank you for tuning in to Game Investing Radio. It's a new world record. Zelda just shattered Mario's old record. Actually, Mario did touch 750,000 on the Rally Road uh, platform of fractional investing regulated by the SEC. I was live. I saw it. It did touch 750. Last trading window sometime in Q2 2021. Today's July 10th, 2021. We just had a record go off a couple days ago at Heritage Signature. We have a new queen of games, Zelda. This is the first Zelda game. And um, it went off for a very, 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 very big number in terms of where the video game market is in, let's say, mid 2021. So let's pull it up on Heritage and dive into what we know. I'm going to do my best to disclose what I know. Um, and a lot of this stuff is very, very difficult to verify. But uh, I'll go with my research over the last 14 months and rumors, as well as um, several sources, including the Heritage Catalog, an Australian spreadsheet that lists the uh, 800 variations of Zelda as well as some chatter on Facebook that I've come across, but I can't dig up right now, so I'm going to have to go with my memory on this one. Got to get this out right now. So let's look at what Heritage says about the Zelda that sold for $870,000 plus. Any sales taxes, VAT, shipping, insurance, storage, etc. So I'm calling this a million-dollar game. We have a, you know, we have a, six seven figure game here um is it a game is it a piece what's inside well since it's sealed we know that it has maps and strategies warranty card cartridge box it's got shrink wrap it's got a round seal of quality it's got a small registered trademark after the sentence entertainment system nintendo entertainment system which tells you it's later than earlier so what does Heritage call it? Let's go with our primary source, the catalog put together by the Heritage crew, um, lot number 28030. You can search that if you're a member of Heritage, which is free to join. You click on View Past Sale Prices, or you can just type in Zelda and sort by highest first, and you can bring it up. Right there, Legend of Zelda. No Rev A. Rev A would be in red letters below the round seal of quality in the lower right of the front of the box. And they're calling it an early production. So what what does that mean? Um, early production in this case. This is what Heritage is saying. Um, I guess that means it's not first production and it's not mid production or late production. But I, I don't really like these words because they're not quantitative and I, I prefer numbers. So here's what Heritage says in a qualitative way. It says these were produced for a few months in late 1987 and the Rev A variant in 88. From what I understand, this is not what's written in the Heritage catalog, but from what I understand, the Rev A overall across Nintendo Entertainment System has to do with the cartridge going from three, no, excuse me, going from five screw holes on the back to three screw holes on the back. I assume that was to save money in production. When you're talking about pumping out millions and millions of units, um, my theory, my opinion is that Japanese companies will do 
anything to save um, money on the production run. So like, for example, the maps and strategies inside here, I would assume has a smaller circle seal than the earlier larger circle seals. And simply that's less material, less material in production, less screw holes. You can uh, get pieces out faster and increase efficiency and reduce costs. Business is business. This is all about business. I doubt an individual bought this for $870,000, but we don't know yet. Um, most of the chatter in Clubhouse is saying that this was probably purchased by a firm, a group, a team, um, a fractional share company, and this thing might pop up again in the future, and we'll have to update this podcast. But let's go with what is this? Is this a game? Is this a piece? Well, it's a collection of a snapshot in history of popular art. And that's what gaming has become as of this sale. Gaming is popular art. And the thing that's different about gaming and flats, like, uh, let's say, you know, Pokemon cards, Marvel cards, comic cards, sports cards, trading cards, gaming cards, magic cards, is that's very linear. Um, I think it's Dominic in the Clubhouse group that keeps saying games are not linear. It's more like a Venn diagram. So what is in the Venn diagram? Well, Heritage is saying, this is an NESR variant. Um, that basically means there's an R after Nintendo Entertainment System, but that is misleading because every, every Nintendo Entertainment System game that came after TM has an R. So that doesn't really give us any hardcore, linear, quantitative information. And the other problem with the Heritage write-up is it goes on to say, this comes after NESTM, which is absolutely correct. That comes that comes down to legal things, and that, that you can go to the bank with that rule. Um, R will always come after TM, no matter if it's a video game or probably any other product out there in the United States of America that's manufactured and registered here. Because you first you have to get a TM to register your trademark, and then you have to wait a while and establish your brand to get a registered trademark. So absolutely the NESR comes after the NESTM. I think that's a fact. I think we can say that's a cold, hard fact. Can we say this is early? Yes, it's early. Um, what's early? Well, early might go down as 80s. And then what's 70s? Is that vintage? And 80s is retro and 90s is mid? I don't know. I don't even know if this got produced in the 90s. But here's the problem with what Heritage is saying about the TM, which comes before. They're saying the TM is the true first production. I would agree with that. And we're normally talking about the boxes up until the next five minutes. We're talking about the boxes only. The NES TM variant, the true first production, widely believed that an only single-sealed example exists. And I disagree with this, unfortunately. Um... It should have said, we believe there's only a single sealed NESTM in a WADA slab. That would be more accurate because uh, I go back and forth with the owner of the 9.4 um, Singer Hawaii um, Zelda. I just texted him and screamed at the top of my lungs saying, congratulations for holding out diamond hands. You now have a million dollar piece. And I think it's going to $5 million because a 9.4, A or A plus, I don't know the exact grade. You can Google WADA. Let's do that right now. Let's Google WATA Hawaii Singer Collection. 
and see if Google can pick it up. Yeah, it can. It's the first link. You pull that up. And the one, the world record, the world record that was set yesterday was a 9.0A seal. And if you scroll down and Google Wada Hawaii Singer Collection, there it is. It's got a sticker that says Fedco 2987 on it, 9.4A plus. So it's two overall grades higher and a higher ceiling grade. But an A plus and an A are a much bigger spread than, let's say, an A plus plus to a B or whatever, you know, uh, no, excuse me, an A plus to an A plus plus or an A plus to an A. I, I'm, I'm kind of confused on the ceiling grading, but if you, if you cross it to a VGA, the 9.4 A plus is probably going to be a 95 and the 9.0 A, I don't know. Is that an 85? It seems like that's an 85 because it would need an A plus to get to an 85 plus. So these are different animals. If this 9.0A that set the world record for the queen as of July 10th, 2021 is worth a million dollars, including sales taxes, VAT, shipping, insurance, by the next time they sell it, they're going to have to pay a 20% or 10% commission. It's going to have to go up for at least a million dollars to break even. So it is a million dollar game. That means the 9.4A plus, in my opinion, is a $2 million game going to 2.5 going to five unless the next rumors are true. And the next rumors are that there are not a, there is not a single sealed NESTM as it states on page 21 of the Heritage Video Game Auctions July 9th and 11th catalog with the Bill Morrison file copies on the cover. So I did email Valerie. I did not get a reply back. I know for a fact, almost, that there is also a VGA90 sealed in TM. So there's at least two mint sealed TMs, which is very significant because the world record went off at, let's say, 900 to a million dollars. And we're talking about a second print box in a much, much lower grade. We're, we're comparing VGA9095s 90, to an equivalent of an 85, not an 85 plus. An 85 plus does have a chance at, I think, maybe, you know, getting a 992. A 90A, I don't know if that's an 85 plus. There's something wrong with the ceiling here. It got dinged twice, right? There might be some micro holes on the corner or something. You can read that in WADA. Um, since we're on the WADA site, you can click on About um, or click on Home. And, oh, this is the WADA blog. So, yeah. Um, just type in WADA seal ratings and let's, let's look at the, um, the WADA scale. Click on the WADA scale and scroll to the bottom and you'll see A++ is like new condition, very near to perfect case fresh. Good luck getting a case fresh Zelda, but the, the Hawaii Singer Zelda 9.4 A+, basically from what I understand, did come out of a, a case find in Hawaii. Click on A+, a seal that's near mint. A very few small flaws, nothing distracting, maybe a few light scuffs, no holes. Now, that's the difference. That's the difference between A plus and A plus plus and A. And then on the VGA side, I'm guessing 85 plus and up. So you click on A, light to medium scuffing with detracting marks, as well as minuscule holes, usually at the corner edges. So that means there has been some handling. So the, the world record queen does have 
It could have light to medium scuffing, detracting marks, a few minuscule holes, and it's still a million dollar game. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? We got a million dollar game. And it's not a first print. It's not mint. This is significant as sports cards crash, Pokemon crashes. There's a lot of anger on social media about collectibles right now in other areas. This is a very, very strong sign for the new hobby. So what does it mean when we say this is a second print, this is a first print, this is a that print, this is a this print? Well, I'm going to refer to a nice little spreadsheet that a guy from uh, Australia approached me on uh, eBay about my... Uh, my Zeldas. I've got a, a whole bunch of different Zeldas and and I'm still studying it, you know, 10 months in. I've got all kinds of variations I'm studying. And he said that he and the community put together this spreadsheet over the last several, maybe decade or two decades. And um, here's what he's calling the 10 overall print runs. Number one, first NESTM. Um, number, I guess that's 1A, and then there's 1B, last NESTM. So that has a manual difference. Then you've got 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So you've got 1 third print, 1 fourth print, 1 fifth print, 2 sixth print, 1 seventh, 1 eighth, 2 3 ninths, and 1 tenth. Zelda's very complicated. So according to his spreadsheet, you've got 10 variations of the box. 11 variations of the cart, and 8 variations of the manual. And if you know anything about, um, are they called permutations? Remember in uh, high school or wherever, maybe college, you studied math, and there was an exclamation point? So you take the 10 boxes, you multiply that by the 11 carts, you multiply that by the 8 manuals. Zelda has 808. 80 different combinations if you include just those three components and imperfects or IMPs is what WADA calls them. In other words, most of the Zeldas you're going to find on eBay are not going to be a perfect match. Um, even the expensive CIBs you see, they might be CIB, but what does CIB mean? Does CIB mean any box, any manual, any cart? Or does or should CIB mean either sealed with what came from the factory or one of the two or three or four or five combinations for that specific box print run. Because what we're seeing in the market so far is everything is, be, is being called second, third, fourth, mid, first, late production run based on the box. That's it. We're not even talking about the manual or the cart. And let's talk about that for a little bit because we've gone 15 minutes and maybe we can do five minutes. So why is there two first prints of Zelda? Well, there's only one first print of the box. There's only one first print of the cart, but there's two first prints of the manuals. So that doesn't matter for WADA because you can send in either one of those two manuals and still get a CIB without any IMP. But that means that the Queen, the 9.0AR that went off, is not even a second print. If you count the manual variation as a true second print. So according to this, the second print is going to be 
um, you know, the R cartridge, the the R manual, and the R box. But from what I understand, this WADA label of the Queen says three screw cart. So I don't understand what's going on. How can the cartridge be a three screw cart and how can they know that without opening the box, without a Reve? I thought a Reve means that it's been revised from the five to the third three screw cart, which would mean this was this would be something like a third cart, a fourth manual, and a second box. And that's why CIB collecting is so interesting, fun, complicated. It's going down a rabbit hole that will give you education every day. I can't answer the question. The question is, the new Queen at 9.0A is a second print box, but what else is inside of there? For example, is there a pink battery save sheet that I sold to Frog Fuchsia's full disclosure for $200? Is There's definitely a warranty card in there and a poster probably. Definitely going to be a Maps and Strategies. Is that a small circle seal or a, or a big circle seal? I'm guessing it's a small circle seal. I'm guessing Maps and Strategies has two print runs. And the manual has to be a fourth or a third. And the cartridge can't be a third. So I'm thinking second box, third cartridge, fourth manual, Second maps is going to be my guess without a battery save because I do believe the battery save is going to be on the early production carts. I'm not sure about that. I'm just guessing. You tell me, are there are there heavy five screw carts on Zelda like there are on black boxes early on? And let's say, you know, I mean, we're talking when we say early, we're really only talking about in the Americas, 85, 6, maybe 85, 6 and some of 87. If they're if Heritage is calling early production 87, well, that means 85, 86 is almost like vintage early first production. And that makes sense on black boxes. So should I go through the spreadsheet? Probably don't have time for that. Um, but what really matters is what's first print. And first print box is you simply look at the bottom of the box. You look at Nintendo Entertainment System and you look for a small TM after system. There you go. You're done. You got first print box. First print cartridge. Same deal. You look at the front of the cartridge all the way up at the top. You look for the sentence that says Nintendo Entertainment System and you look for a very small TM after system. You're done. You got a first print cartridge. You might want to do a double check. Look at look at the back. Make sure it has five screw holes because I just got a left row sent back from WADA. They said it had the wrong back. So there is a chance that someone popped a different back onto the correct front and resealed the label somehow. I don't even know how that's even possible. I can't get, wait to get this back from WADA to do an examination. And then you've got your manual. From what I understand, the, the check on the manual is the same deal on page two at the top. You look for Nintendo Entertainment System. You look for TM after system. Then you need to do a double check to check if that's the first first or the second first then you go to page 11 on the american manual you look for the word cassette or game pack somewhere in the second paragraph on the left hand like left middle cassette is before the word game pack which is something they probably trademarked um that refers to the actual cartridge so this goes back to when i started gaming back in the late 70s and early 80s the first games we played were on cassette tape my console, Atari 400, came with an Atari cassette player, 
And the reason we jumped all over that is because you could dub the cassettes and you could pirate games and play games for free. And we loved that because we spent all our allowance in the arcade every two weeks and it lasted 30 minutes. So we loved cassette games. Sure, you had to wait five minutes. Sometimes the game wouldn't load. You had to reload the game, but it was worth the wait because you got to play for free. And that was revolutionary. This was before the NES dropped. So they started with cassette on Zelda. I don't know. If, this probably appears on other manuals, which I think is just historical. It's historical, historical, historical. I say any manual that references the word cassette is going to go down as historical, more like vintage as opposed to retro. Because I think cartridges, I think cartridges is really a, a separator is what I've used in my previous podcast. It's a separator in gaming history. And, and Fairchild is the inventor. So I think those two things have a place in history. The first uh, drop of a, a Fairchild system is really a different era. I don't know if that's retro or vintage. But to me, vintage would be cassettes, uh, five and a quarter floppies, and then three and a half hard. I don't know. You call them floppies probably. I don't. Those aren't floppies to me. I guess they're called three and a half mini disc floppies. I'm not really even sure what the market calls that today. But that's the check on the manual. The manual is going to be a bear. Of course, the box is a bear. The 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 uh, cartridge is going to be the easiest one. But then again, the five screws you see all over the place, because if you type in TM, it's most likely not going to populate on eBay. You have, might have to type in five, referring to five screw. And most of the five screws, I'm sure today, are going to be R, not TM. So the question is, would you rather have, you know, a, let's say an 85 R for a million bucks, or would you like a first print CIB copy that's, that's matched correctly for all four major components? And I think for Zelda, I think you should really stick to getting a large circle seal maps and strategies in the highest possible grade. And of course, the poster and warranty card, if you can get that in there and, and make sure to save those photos from WADA when you get your CIB graded because you're going to need those for the rest of your life to keep your own log, to prove to the buyer or, you know, if if something comes up later, which has come up, which has come up for me on, on some labels that are miswritten or situations where people are saying it's not a complete CIB. Um, there's a lot of situations on CIB where that comes up. You can probably get a very, very nice first print for $10,000 in, let's say, July 2021. And maybe you'll have to add like a better cart or manual. And I think that's that's one way to save money is go for something, maybe an imperfect or something that maybe has fading on the cart or maybe it's missing a maps and strategies. You can You can pick up a first print and spend time and energy and invest a little bit of money find that missing piece, upgrade it, get it in a new case, get the, you know, get the GSI in there and you can walk away being really happy because you can bet when a sealed first print comes to market, it's going to shatter this record. It's going to go well beyond a million dollars because this is really a VGA 85. With that A ceiling, um, this squeaked in to seven figures. So what else do we need to say about Zelda? Now that we kind of see some of that Venn diagram about the factors that contribute to the mystique behind the queen, and, and basically it, it's true, you know, I don't want this to sound derogatory, but, you know, um, 
Queens can be complicated. Just Let's just leave it at that. Queens can be complicated. And I think complicated is fun. You know, I, I love complicated. I love detailed. I love that games aren't linear. That's what makes them so fun. There's so many rabbit holes. I was talking to a multi-million dollar um, lawyer who who who, grind, he, who ground away in the music business for decades making nothing and finally hit it after putting in decades of hard work. And and he used to go down these rabbit holes in comic books, but now he's he's come over to video games and we were talking about rabbit holes and historical rabbit holes. Historical rabbit holes are endless and, and just amazing in video gaming. It's so fun. You've got to jump in. You can go for warranty cards. You can go for posters. You can go for cassettes. You can go for floppies. You can go for boxes. You can go for TMs. You can go for first prints. You can go for early prints. You can go for later prints. You can go for high sealed. You can go for complete CIB. You can go for imperfects and be the fixer. There's so many rabbit holes you can go to. You can go early. You can go overseas. You can go down timelines. You can try to find exclusive internationals. There's so many rabbit holes. The Venn diagram is like an infinite thing. We need an artificial intelligence to translate. Um, I hope I didn't confuse you today. Zelda has been one of my loves. And I'll be honest, full disclosure, 100% transparency, I do believe this is one of the NES games I actually physically played as a, as a young college kid coming back for the summers, bored as heck, hanging out my at my buddy's party house in wine country where he happened to have, you know, an NES console sitting next to the bong. And, and when there wasn't a party and it was a weeknight, I think I popped in Zelda and I was the like only guy out of that group of friends that had the patience to get through a couple of those screens. And I think I got far into the game. I never solved it, but I, we all definitely played punch out. Um, that's something else to talk about. I think I'm going to have to drop a couple more podcasts to talk about the other records set. The final fantasy record was set. Um, a public NWC record was set as well, but congratulations to the queen, queen of the hill, uh, Mario move over, you know, and, and that's another thing we were discussing last night. Another rabbit hole is boredom. When you get bored with one rabbit hole, and we've been diving deep on Mario for, what, eight months straight now, it's natural for collectors to move. I mean, in sports cards, we we it's flavor of the week. I mean, this guy's hot, that guy's hot. We just, this time it's LeBron, next time it's, you know, Jordan. No, we're going to jump over to baseball. Now it's hockey, Gretzky, boom, boom. People jump from rabbit hole to rabbit hole left and right. But in games, we've been going hard at Mario for eight months. It's time to give him a little rest. Put him on the back burner because the the time has come to put the queen where she deserves. Zelda is really the most complicated, super heavy in video game investing as far as I know. As far as mainstream franchises that will survive digitization, it's on the super heavy NES. It's going to be one of the most valuable market caps of any investment in our industry forever, assuming Nintendo goes on forever and keeps making Zelda franchises, franchise re-releases or updates or new games forever. This is going to be a super heavy. And and let's let's close out with what Dennis said on the on the live IG stream the other night with with Otis, who's gonna 
who's going to debut an NWC 8.5 at somewhere, you know, in the six-figure range, maybe 2, 250, based on the 150. Some people are saying it's 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 a, bit, a little bit low. It doesn't have legs to run. I kind of agree that there's other places you could park your money and get 1.5x or 2x. But he did say something really important when he was asked by an outsider, one of the founders or employees at uh, with Otis, you know, what 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 is what is the super heavy? What is the what is what what's it all about? You know, what's the really good stuff? What's the we're gonna go explicit? What is the shit in gaming? What is the shit? The shit is NES, according to Dennis, and I agree. That's the shit. That's the golden age, I guess, in comics. That would be something like Fleer Premier in, in basketball cards. That would be something like 52 Tops in baseball cards. That would be something like Charizard 1999 first edition in Pokemon. You know, that would be your probably your uh, your early, early silver dollars. Um, not sure what it is in stamps. but And then the next question is, well, what are, what are the super heavies? What are the keys? What are the super keys? The super keys are Mario, Zelda... And, and Dennis even said Tyson. And I think he mentioned Contra and uh, a couple others on a slightly lower tier. But you know what Hopper says. Play life like a video game, man. Try something new. Try a CIB. Try, try picking up a manual. Try picking up a pink sheet. Try picking up a warranty card, a poster. Try building a hedgehog, a, a, you know, a, a, a little collection of parts and pieces and kind of look at it as a muscle car project or maybe a, you know, a stamp collecting project or a, a, a scrapbooking project and look at it as a long term investment into your portfolio. And out of those dozens or two dozen or three dozen parts and pieces, maybe you can marinate, assemble, put together, fix a seven, eight or nine first edition, first print, first production Zelda. And then you are now a master.